Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Happy Palm Sunday, PCC. Can you hear me? Am I coming through? Yep, there we go. Happy Palm Sunday, PCC. Have a seat, everybody. Hey, and while you're sitting down, turn around and just shout to somebody, it's great to see you. Hey, before we dig in the word, I just want to say quickly thank you to you. Thank you for, because uh, you are the church. You are the greatest asset at PCC. Uh, but also, I want to take this time and thank our staff and the way that they have uh, labored during this year to serve us, to serve all of us. I want to thank the center staff, uh, the community center. They've done an incredible job of turning all our fitness online. The school-age child care staff have done an incredible job, our preschool staff, and then our church staff. Can you just give it up and thank God for the staff? Awesome. Thank you. If you could see inside the worship center, which we hope to be in uh, soon, uh, it is a production studio in there. And today we are gathering in a brand new way, kicking off a series called Brand New. Uh, we have never gathered before live, online, in house churches, and we even have drive-in church, everybody. Wave to our drive-in church. We're glad you're here. Awesome. Brand new is a theme we're going to talk about. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to dig in. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and let me pray over us. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. It's just uh, amazing that you would strip us of all the things we identify with church. And here we are on a lawn, on grass, looking to you, seeking your face. The word is open. Community is gathered around a cross in the middle of us because we want to be a cross-centered, Christ-centered community. There's no walls around us because we want everyone and anyone to be welcome today. We exist not for ourselves. This isn't the end. This is a catapult, Lord, to what you want to do in and through us and into our neighborhood. So, Father, whether we're online, gathering in house churches, in an automobile, we're here. We're here. In this silence, why don't you just tell the Lord what you want from these next few minutes while the word's open. What do you need from the Lord? What's the intangible spiritual need that is most pressing in your life right now? What is the brand new that you long for, that Jesus would want to speak into existence?
Thank you, Lord, that every promise of yours is yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Find our hearts now to be fertile soil for your word that produces a crop 30, 60, 90-fold. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Okay, you need to say it so I can hear it. Everyone said? Ah, that's better. Right on. Well, I promise you the next time we have a series of pandemics, a global pandemic, a political pandemic, a social pandemic, a racial pandemic, and when wildfires sweep through our state, we'll be ready for it and we'll know what to do. Uh, I want to take some time and dig in, though. One of my practices into the word, one of my practices during the COVID is to start every morning in my journal, and I go in and out of journaling. It's not you know, Jesus never journaled, so it's not a sign of a spirituality or anything. But I would start writing out the passage, Revelation 21.5. And Revelation 21.5 says this, Behold, I am making all things new. All things new. And it was just a reminder to me that whatever the day held, and I took the pandemic one day at a time, my motto was win the day. Whatever the pandemic held, what I saw, what I could feel, what I could hear was not all that was going on, that God was working behind the scenes so that the deaths and the takeaways and the, uh, the shelter in place would not be the final word of the pandemic, but that Jesus making all things new, whether I see it in my lifetime or not, would be the final word during the, pan during the pandemic. And that got me thinking about the life of Christ and how when he walked the earth, he was continuing to invite people into something new. But to go into something new, the people had a choice. They had to leave the old behind. They couldn't have it both ways. So Mary, as a teenager in Nazareth, is invited into something brand new, never seen before, to bring the Messiah, to be a virgin who's pregnant and bring the Messiah into the world. But she would have to leave behind her reputation, her plans, her dreams. And so Peter is invited at, at the shores of the Galilee into something new with Jesus but he'd have to leave his nets behind in order to embrace the new. And so Matthew is invited into the new of following Jesus, but he'd have to leave behind the tax collector booth to do that. And so Zacchaeus is invited to something new, but he'd have to leave the sycamore tree and leave his life of extortion. And unbeknownst to all of us, he did the radical and make reparations to follow Jesus into the new. We see this in every narrative of Jesus inviting people to follow him. And for PCC, I'm just convinced that COVID in the annals of history and all the takeaways, which are very real, which we grieve so much, will not be the final word. Because what God has done through the pressing of this trial is to create something new. And so what we have today is a new congregation We've acquired people. We've been part of that Bay Area mass exodus. And we have a new way of gathering, never done before like this. And we have a new way of growing and a new way of giving and going. Ministries have sprouted off this campus into our community and really around the world that never before were happening before COVID. God is doing a new thing. So before we jump into Luke 5, I want to ask you, what is the new thing that God wants to do in you and that God is doing in you through COVID? How has this trial created something new?
in Luke chapter 5, Jesus comes on the scene and he's into a religious system that was really focused on the old. And we're not against traditions here. I, I love traditions. But they were really engulfed in the old. And he got in a lot of trouble because he brought new into the old. He interpreted the old through a new lens. And he has a squabble. I want to bring us into that. Luke chapter 5, verse 33. It says this. They said to him, these are the religious leaders, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours, your followers, go on eating and drinking. Verse 34. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom, let me just stop here because he uses this word twice. Seems like he pulls this wedding analogy out of nowhere, right? Uh, there's, there's, there's a dual play on words here. Uh, in the Old Testament, God all, uh, always often referred to himself as the bridegroom. If you're taking notes, Isaiah 62 verse 5 says this, the bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. This is one of the many places in the New Testament where Jesus is saying, you don't get it. I'm doing, taking the role of God, I'm doing something new on this planet. The bridegroom has arrived. Part of the reason why Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding in Cana. Because Jesus took on that Old Testament mantle, bridegroom. So these Pharisees listening to this immediately would know what Jesus is talking about. What? Wait, wait what? <laughs> you, you're calling yourself God? And Jesus says, you don't get it. This is a time for festivity. It's a wedding feast that will mirror one day what we'll experience in heaven. This isn't a time for fasting. There'll be a day when... I'll be taken away from them. In those days, they will fast. That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 36, he told him this parable. Then he goes into a parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. You're going to hear the word new seven times in this parable. Everybody, people on your screen, in the car. Nowhere else in Scripture does Jesus repeat something seven times times in such a concentrated oration oracle speaking he's driving a point here let's look for that word as a matter of fact every time you hear the word new clap okay did i just wake you up every time you hear the word new clap you ready here we go he told him this parable no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch the old one otherwise they will have torn the new garment uh, and the patch from the new will not match the old and no one pours new into a uh, wine into old wine skins otherwise the new wine will burst the skins the wine will run out and the wine skins will be rude parathetically i love how jesus keeps using italian metaphors wine olive oil all that it's just awesome What's he saying here? Actually, I, you know, I am 100% Italian and grew up in a lineage of winemakers. Uh, not like legitimate winemakers, but like getting the second harvest and making our own wine. And I'll never forget when I was eight years old, uh, we were eating a meal. My father had bottled the wine and got it all wrong, put too much wine in the bottle to ferment in these gallon jugs in our, in our cellar. 
And there we are eating, and all of a sudden these explosions are happening in our garage. Uh, fermenting processes like that, it expands, and it's so expansive, it, it, the force of it can even break glass. Well, in Jesus' day, they didn't have glass, but they had animal skins. And fresh new animal skins had oil, and they could expand and, and take the ferment, uh, fermentation process to, uh, to allow it to expand. But if you used old, brittle, dry wineskins, when the new wine was poured into it and it would expand, it would just break. You get what he's getting at, right? Verse 38, no. New, okay, let's try that again, come on. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. Love this. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new. For they say the old is better. So Jesus repeats the word seven times. Nowhere else do we see such repetitions. In essence, he's driving a point. And you see it in Revelation 21.5. I am always doing something new. I like that. Let's do it again. I am always doing something new. Right. So in the Bible, there's two words for new. Uh, there's neos, which is new in time. Uh, this morning when I uh, got up and, and went to the Word, my, my Bible is on my iPad, and I got a flash from Apple that said, you need to update your operating system, upgrade it. That's a NEOS, a new operating system, new in time. But then there's KINOS, which is new in kind. New in time, NEOS, new in kind, KINOS. There is, if you walk across our bridge and look left, there's a community for adult, mentally challenged people that was started by a PCC or decades ago. And they took the word kinos to name that community. Because they, at that time, wanted to put a brand new adult community on the planet in Revit City. An adult community of mentally challenged people who could serve and work and do things beforehand previously thought unthinkable. Kinos is an amazing ministry. Jesus is using the word kainos here. Uh, let me explain this a little more. Think of what, uh, what Tesla was to the car industry. Uh, what Airbnb was to the hotel industry. What Netflix was to the movie industry. You know, what Uber was to the automobile or driving taxi industry. New in kind, like never before seen new. What Jesus is saying here is that, you know what, I've come up and I haven't come to upgrade your religious system. I've come to disrupt your old way of doing things and to create something brand new. Thank you. Like never before new. Brand new. You see this throughout the book of Acts. Uh, many times I'll be talking with people and, 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 and dear-hearted, and I agree with this, they go, we want to be like the church in the book of Acts, right? How many of you would sign up for that, right? But the question is, which one? The original church in Acts 2 was a new type of community that really was a sect of Judaism that met in the temple courts. And then in their homes, they broke bread. 
But then the church experienced something new in Acts chapter 10, where they jumped from primarily Jewish to Jewish Gentile, Jewish ethnic. And then they jumped again in Acts 13, where suddenly they scattered all over the Roman Empire. Africa joined in, and they went far east as Italy and in other places, Rome, Corinth, Greece. God, in the book of Acts, continued to do something new, never seen before new on the planet. Could it be that God wants to do something new with PCC? Could it be that COVID and all the horrible takeaways that we validate doesn't have to be the final word in the annals of history, but that the Spirit of God used the trial of COVID to accelerate in his church what was always needed, a fresh new expression, because culture is shifting so rapidly? In Ephesians, if you're taking notes, chapter 2, verse 15, Paul is talking about this new thing, and he uses the word again, and he says, God ended the system through Jesus of law with its commandments and regulations, Ephesians 2.15. Now listen to this. He made peace between Jews and the ethnicities. Uh, Jews were always the favored people of God. I believe still are, true Israel. God's heart is with true Israel. But he wants to bless them to be a blessing. God's blessing wasn't meant to be contained. It was always meant to be passed on. And he says in Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians 2, he wants to make peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in, in himself, and here's the word, one new humanity. One new humanity. That there would be a community on the planet that functioned differently than every other community on the planet. And that was the case in the early church. We've studied that year after year in the church of Antioch, a city built on division. Literally, it was, it was founded with a wall in the middle of it. And then by the time the church showed up, there were eight different walls in the city with ethnic factions. And the only time, by the time the church showed up and began to grow, that the walls were, were, uh, were uh, conquered or traversed was when the church met. And you had slaves and barbarians, Scythians, Jews, Greeks, males, females. Everything the Roman Empire tried to divide, they came together as one with a supernatural unity that created a force to spread the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the Roman Empire. My friends, my beloved sisters and brothers called PCC, could it be? in our 70th year of existence, that God has allowed us to endure this trial and sustained us by his grace because he wants to create and do a new thing, a new humanity. In a world that has never been as divided, in a culture that has never been as divided as ours is right now, could it be said that up on the hill, originating out of 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard, that in homes, that in cars, wherever we're meeting, that our neighbors would say, I don't know if I believe what they believe, but I can't deny something supernatural is happening, and I want what they want. Because their lives speak so loudly of a supernatural love 
and a supernatural grace and a supernatural hope. The purpose of Jesus' coming is to create a whole new humanity. And I will just say this lovingly as your pastor, our methods pre-COVID weren't as effective as we wished they were. Uh, The individualistic, consumeristic, spectator form of Christianity didn't work in COVID. And God has awakened us to a new thing that he wants to do. He wants to create something brand new. Jesus' point, when wine pours out of heaven, different structures are needed to house the new wine. No one saw COVID coming. No one. But I'll tell you this. I remember, actually, I was in uh, that building, the far left door, when Danny Bowers on March 15th said, oh, we're going into a shelter in place a year ago. And I remember going, I can do anything for two weeks. 54 weeks later, here we are. We didn't see it coming, but God is pouring out new wine. And for the next four or five weeks, we're going to talk about that. But let me be very clear in my remaining time. What am I talking about? We're praying through a new way of gathering. Uh, We will get in there at some point, I promise you. And actually, I'll tell you the point. We're going at the speed of volunteers. This whole ministry is going to exist on the speed of volunteers. So uh, by the time we get, we need about 23 people on a Sunday morning. We need 23 more people to work in children's ministry. By the time we get there, we'll be ready to move indoors. But we are asking the Lord as a staff, and I want to invite you, if you call PCC home, even if you're in homes, to ask the Lord, how do we gather on a Sunday in such a way that is catalytic to us being the church Monday through Saturday? Let me say that again. How do we gather in such a way on Sunday that is catalytic to us being the church Monday through Saturday? We purposely put a cross in the middle of our gathering. And I love that there's no walls because we want to be a cross-centered where we are all, regardless of where you are, if you don't believe in Jesus or if you've been a longtime follower, we are moving towards the cross and we invite you to join us. doesn't matter what your beliefs are. You don't need to believe in order to belong. We are an open gathering where you can come and join us as we go to the cross. And then growing. We've got to have a new way of growing. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says this, Have nothing to do with godless myths and wives' tales. But here's the word. But train yourself to be godly. That word train is a word we know well here at PCC. It's the word, uh, it's where we get gymnasium from. Literally, Paul is saying, go into a training program to work out being godly. And he even says that physical uh, physical training is of some value, but spiritual training has value for all things. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. I want to ask this humbly. What is your spiritual training regimen? I've said this before pre-COVID, but I I really want to accentuate it post-COVID. You and I are not going to wake up one day and just automatically be godly. God uses his grace and grit, our grit, to produce godliness. So we're going to, 
work like mad and, and our team has been working like mad to help provide opportunities for you to work out spiritually. And by the way, we have some openings at the gym now, right, Anthony? So you can work out physically as well, okay? Then a new way of going. A new way of going. Again, what if every PCC are lived like we were missionaries? I, I don't mean to be trite or cute with this, but my friends, we have a city in need of the gospel, in need of so many other tangible things. One of the best mission programs that developed was partnering with our mission partner, Generations United, in feeding our people, over 100 people a week in the Fair Oaks region. I read an article just two weeks ago in the Redwood City newspaper talking about a food poverty, uh, food impoverishment going on in the Fair Oaks region. That should break our hearts. I know it would break your heart. But I praise God that God has given us strategic partnerships to, to go, to build bridges instead of build barriers. And what if we built bridges to a whole new generation? What if the 23 people needed on a Sunday morning or midweek? We've got kids all over this lawn midweek and at night. And we need some of us to build a bridge to the next generation and be of godly presence. A new way of gathering, a new way of growing, a new way of giving, and a new way of going. That's what it's going to take for us. That's the new wine that God wants to pour out. Do we have the new wineskin to receive it? Remember, following Jesus, we've got to leave the old to embrace the new. I'll close with this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. One of the first verses I ever memorized as a follower of Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, here comes the word again. I want to hear a clap. They are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. What is the new that you need to embrace? What is the new that we need to embrace? You can clap one more time. What is the new that we need to embrace? Let's pray. Father, we've said it on our staff a lot. Uh, let's not waste a pandemic. come before you in, in a priestly role on behalf of my sisters and brothers as a community. You have humbled us. You have literally stopped the world. And as the engines get roaring, we don't want to go back to the old. We ask you, what do you want as we gather so that we can be your church Monday through Saturday? What do you want by way of growing so we actually outlive instead of mirror our generation? What do you want with our giving of our time and resources, putting you first and trusting you for the rest so that we actually believe it is more blessed to give than receive? Where are you going, Jesus? I'm not asking you use us because I don't like it when people use people. I'm asking, let us join you. 
Where are you going where you want us to join you? From our city to the remotest parts of the earth. And now I just want to pray pastorally over you individually. What's the new thing that Jesus wants to do in your life? The never before seen thing in your high school life, in your parenting life, in your neighboring life. What does God want to do in and through your life in your neighborhood, in your career life? in your married life, in your Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Hinge, Bumble, Tinder life. There is no part of your life that Jesus doesn't want to do something new. Because Revelation 21.5 says, Behold, I am continually making all things new. Father, I read this week how the Israelite community outside the tabernacle in the book of Numbers just waited and your fire came down. It's a sign of your presence. I read it this week in the book of Acts, in Pentecost Sunday, how the new church was born when flames of fire came down. God, with every ounce of faith in me, I ask that you would express to us give us the wisdom as a community we humble ourselves as a church community as a school age child care community as the center community center community as a preschool community as the house church community as the community in cars community watching online as us live on the lawn we ask for your fire to fall for you to guide us so that we can be the new creation you had in mind when you entered into Jerusalem and then went to the cross and scorned its shame and now are seated at the right hand of the Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. And we pray these things in your name. Everyone said, amen. Jesus will never give up on you. You will never out his grace. He will always run after you to woo you back and love you. COVID was not a curse from God. And the takeaways from COVID, as severe as they are, and trust me, I weep with those who weep. We've got about 12 memorials in the queue. I weep with those who weep. But that death doesn't have to have the last word. Life always gets the last word in Christ. I invite you to come back next week as we talk about new hope and look in Luke 24 at the road to Emmaus and the difference the resurrection makes. You're going to hear an amazing story of a woman whose life makes no earthly sense as well as dig into the word. I can't wait to be with you then. I wish before we left that we could actually hug and greet each other, but then I'd get in a lot of trouble if I encouraged you to do that. So I'm not going to have you do that but I do want you to know that this point right now is the most important part of this gathering. We're about to break and go be the church. And I pray in your mind you would continually think, Revelation 21.5, I am making all things, what? New. Let's stand for the benediction.
hopefully you have it memorized by now. If you're new to the community, this is just part of what we do to close the gathering. We bless each other. And benediction does mean to extend a blessing. So we'll say this to each other. As a matter of fact, don't face me. Turn inward toward the cross, if you would, so we face each other. And let's bless each other. May you jump into the arms of Jesus. And may he push you out into the world. And may you be healed as you participate in the healing of others. Not because you must, but because you may. This is why we were born. Woo! God bless you, church. Thank you for coming out. We love you. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.